powerful words there. I've been a Christian for nearly my entire adult life. I don't know if that's a boast or otherwise, but in that time I've experienced firsthand. I've read, I've seen, I've talked to enough people to know and understand that good people, that good godly people can experience significant hardship and suffering in their life from time to time through no fault of their own necessarily. It might be a retrenchment, job loss, it might be a a natural disaster which destroyed their home, it might be a a con artist that has taken a sizable sum of money out of your bank account, a sickness, an abuse, it might be a betrayal from a friend, an ongoing illness, it might be ongoing lack of love, lack of belonging, might be a car accident or the death of a loved one. I, I wonder this morning whether you are you're suffering right now. I wonder if you're going through a terrible ordeal. I trust that our time together might be able to shed some light on some of the reasons perhaps why we do experience hardship from time to time in our life. Throughout the ages, godly men and women have experienced hardship at different periods in their life. I think of Joseph. You know, he had an extremely difficult family situation. He had brothers that just basically hated him. They didn't like him. He was only a kid, 17 years of age. He was the youngest. Yeah, he said a few wrong things from time to time. No question of that. But there was a point in their jealousy, the brothers' jealousy, that they wanted to get rid of Joseph. They wanted to murder him. It was only through one brother, Reuben, that said, look, I don't think we should do this, that he was thrown in a pit. But then they changed their mind and said, no, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And by the providence of God, at the very moment that they were conspiring again to kill Joseph, a bunch of slave traders were, were moving through the area. And they had this bright idea, look, could be messy if we kill him, so we're going to send him off as a slave. We're going to sell him as a slave. 17 years of age. Hopes, dreams shattered, family ties destroyed in an instant. I can imagine Joseph being carried away in chains, wondering where his life was going from that point. I certainly don't think he had very positive thoughts at that time, but I don't know. I'm only guessing. What about the two great patriarchs, patriarchs, Joshua and Caleb? Can't even say their names. What's going on? Who were born into a family of slaves and who knew no other life until God released them. You know the story so well. And then they were offered an opportunity to spy out a wonderful and fresh and new land promised land it was called and they brought a good report to the people of Israel but others brought a negative report their report was completely and utterly rejected and because of the sin of others they were consigned to the wilderness for 40 years 
Sorry? 40 years. It's a long time. And then there's David. And I'm just sharing a few examples. A young godly man, anointed king over his brothers. But lo and behold, if you read the story of David, he spent much of his 20s and 30s on the run from this absolute madman called Saul who hated David. He wanted to rid him, not just, you know, see him exiled, but he wanted to destroy David. He wanted to murder him. Did David deserve all that? What did he do wrong exactly? Hmm. You know, it was harsh in biblical times, there's no doubt. And in extreme hardship like this, I don't think many of us will probably ever have to endure it to, to be true. But it does drive home a point. And the point being is that bad things can happen to godly people, to good people. And of course, if you're following the readings, you will know about the book of Job. That's a tough book, isn't it? Revelational, but tough. It's, you know, I don't want to go through the details of Job's life, but none to, nonetheless to say he was a godly man as well. A righteous man, the Bible says. But in a matter of hours, in a matter of two days, his whole life was turned upside down. It says that his oxen and donkeys, in verse chapter 1, verse 13, his oxen and donkeys were stolen and his employees murdered. And then, in moments, moments later, another report came in that his sheep and more employees were burned with fire. Sounds a bit like Australia. You know, we so much disaster going on. And then in verse 17, his camels were stolen. And in verse 18, a mighty wind or a storm comes and flattens the house in which all the family resided and were killed. And then in Job 2, it says that he experienced painful sores and boils. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, I don't like boils. So let's summarize this. Job and his wife lost their children, many of their staff, through natural disaster and through murderous criminals. Then a bit later, he becomes painfully ill with boils and sores. He lost his health, his wealth, and many of his staff. And worst of all, he lost his family, lost his children. That is hardship in the extreme. My family moved to Darwin in July of 1974. If you've been around a little bit, you will remember that in, on Christmas Day of 1974, on Christmas morning, Cyclone Tracy came through Darwin with winds of over 300 kilometres an hour and went through the city and literally ripped it apart. I happened to be there. The memory of it is still etched in my brain. I'm a teacher by trade and I get to share this story. It's, it takes about half an hour, but I get to share this story with the primary school kids on a year-to-year -year basis because, you know, they're doing geography and cyclones and they know that I've been through a disaster like that 
And one student, one young grade five student, puts their hand up and says, Mr. Bennett, did you survive? I said, yes, but sadly, 75 people lost their life that day. I was on the last voyage of the TS Fair Sky. Oh, sorry, there's a couple of photos I wanted to show you just quickly. That's my house. Not a very, you know, upmarket house, but nonetheless, it's a house. That's a little bit of the, the damage that took place. My high school was just up there. And I want to show you a photo of my house after the cyclone, just after it. My room was on the left. I won't go through the story now because there's no time, but nonetheless, I saw my room disappear. I saw our roof disappear. But nonetheless, we did survive. And I was also on a, a voyage called, uh, uh, sorry, a cruise and on the boat called the TS Fair Sky. And as we were leaving the port of Jakarta, and there's a picture of the boat there, as we were leaving the port of Jakarta, I was, I was on the bottom deck. My parents were very rich then, and we were on the lowest deck below the water, deep in the bowels of the, the ship. We were in the bunks, and at quarter past 12, around, uh, I think it was the 27th of June, I put my head down and all of a sudden, I heard this massive noise. I thought I was going to die. I truly did. I walked out, ran out, and I heard water coming in. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a boat where water's coming in, but I'll tell you what, it sends shivers down your spine. It sends adrenaline to the, to the roof. I tried to wake my brothers up. They, they said, get lost, as, as young brothers do. I think I was 15 or 14 or 15 at the time. I eventually got them up, even though water was coming in, because I said, get up! Water's coming in! The boat's sinking! I sort of over-dramatised it a bit, but nonetheless, it was true. Thankfully, we were just in the coast, in the port of Jakarta, and the, the captain, Capitan, turned the boat around and landed it on a sandbank. We survived. And there's a picture of the boat sitting on the sandbank. As you can see, it's slightly down to the left there, and water had gone into our cabin, destroyed everything. One person passed, lost their life in that event. It took me 30 years before I would venture onto another cruise boat though. In fact, uh, just recently we went to Alaska, and uh, I don't know why, I was just in a jovial mood on that cruise, and I was telling everybody about the fact that I was, I was in a disaster 30 years ago, and you know, I was naive really telling that story on a cruise. I didn't have many friends at the end. I wonder why. But what about when our children and family members are harmed or injured? You know, I can handle 300 kilometre hour winds, although it is scary, I can tell you now, especially when walls start to collapse before your very eyes. But when it's your family, and when they're hurt, and when they're injured, it gets really hard. Whilst I cannot fully comprehend what Job must have gone through, I have a glimpse. I have experienced some hardship in my family. And I'm not going to share with you everything today, but except to say that on the 25th of April 2011, after watching the Anzac Day service early in the morning, 
through a moment, I, I went down to say hello to Kimberly, my daughter, and she wasn't in her bed. She was 21 at the time. We thought we heard her come home the night before. We heard the door slam, and we thought, well, that's Kimberly coming home, so we go to sleep. But at 8.45, after rigging her friends and family and trying to find out where she might have been, because she went to a youth camp, a youth event the night before, I received a phone call from a doctor at the Royal Brisbane Hospital. You ever had one of those phone calls? It sends, it sends you into a, a moment where you just, the whole ground beneath you begins to shake. You, you're, you're out of control. We were told that she was in a serious car accident. Her car had rolled numerous times. And I was just, oh, I don't know, I was just beside myself with concern about my daughter. But thankfully he said some words that I think she's going to be okay. We raced to the hospital not really knowing what to expect because not a lot was said on the, on the phone. We thought as we were driving to the hospital that life as we know it was just not going to be the same. Thankfully, Kimberly recovered. And just as Kimberly was discharged from hospital some two months later, I was found out that my father was told that he only had two weeks to live by his doctor. They were right. And on the 27th of July 2011, he passed away at the young age of 77 years of age. That was a tough little season. You know, on a slightly lighter note, as recent as August of this year, you know, one of our dogs, Sophie, and I mentioned her before from the, from the lectern, from the pulpit here, passed away. She'd lost her eyesight in both eyes with, you know, agonising decision to say goodbye to a dog. You know, grown men don't cry, do they? But I tell you what, when, when we made that decision to say goodbye to Sophie, I couldn't stop bawling. It's ridiculous. I thought, it's just a dog. It's not important. Dog. But somehow dogs, I don't know. We took her to the vet, and, but we couldn't go in. And our dear friend, Dieter, sitting at the back here, part of our church, said, found out that what we were doing and said, I will take Sophie in. And so she took Sophie into the vet where they gave her an injection and she passed away peacefully. Our daughter texted us from Canada, quoting Dr. Zeus, don't be sad that it's over, be glad that it happened. And there's a picture of Sophie in her joyful days. You know, why do we go through hardship? You know, I felt like that movie, I felt like I was in a scene from the movie, one of my favourite movies, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Harrowing movie, the first 20 minutes I couldn't watch properly. They were landing on the beach at Omaha Beach and the bullets were flying, the, the mortar was strong, the cannon gun, the whole lot. It was just a shocking period and people were getting injured and hit and, and I felt like I was on that beach and I was trying to get up to, the, up to safety and you feel like that from time to time. Boof, boof, you get hit. You can't seem to contain it or control it. Why do we experience this from time to time in our life? 
It's hard to reconcile when we know that God is loving and yet we are experiencing great challenges and difficulties. It just doesn't make sense. If God is good, then how can he allow me to go through this? And Psalm 34 verse 8 says this, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And I've quoted another scripture there, Psalm 118, verse 1. It's throughout the scripture. You know, much of the book of Job is, is where Job expresses his anguish and his pain and his despair. And he was so, so much a good, godly man. He didn't, couldn't understand. He had so many questions. He said in Job 30, verse 25, he says, Have I not wept for those in trouble? Haven't I been a good person, he's saying? Haven't I been a Christian? Haven't I served you and honoured you, Lord? Has not my soul grieved for the poor? Yet when I hoped for good, evil came. When I looked for light, then came darkness. The truth is that if you're a Christian, you will go through seasons where you will experience hardship of one kind and another. Even if you're the best Christian on planet Earth, a well-known speaker and author, Matt Chandler, he recently, he recently talked about his own battle with brain cancer and mortality. And he said that some Christians believe that if they eat the right amount of spinach, the right amount of quiet time, the right sleep, the right exercise, that they will live longer. And normally that would be true, but that is not always the case, he said. You see, we live in a fallen world. We live in a sin-ravaged world. There will be dark times. There will be valleys. There will be hardship. We're not surprised, not to be surprised when it does come. And at the very least, without wanting to be morbid, all of us die one day. Our family members will pass on. We will at some point go to be with the Lord if you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower. We just don't want it to be a day, of course. The Bible says that in Psalm 31 verse 15, our times are in his hands. And for some, hardship is just a season, a short season. And for others, they experience hardship that might last a lifetime. That hardship occurs and it changes the very course of their, their life. For others, it's severe and terrible for a season. For others, it's mild and temporary. We all want it to be mild and temporary, don't we? Of course. You know, I don't have the answers or the reasons to why this is so. I've seen amazing things from this very lectern, this very pulpit. We had Dr. Derek Prince here some many years ago. And I had the privilege of being up on stage. I was song leading that day. And he asked me to pray with him or actually stand behind people. Because God was doing some amazing things. Healing, deliverance. It was just, I, I've never seen so many miracles take place. And yet one soul came in on a stretcher. A good, godly man, a member of this church. It's hard for me to share this story. But he came on a stretcher. He was dying and Derek Prince prayed for him. He still passed away. I don't know why. Some people are healed and others aren't. I don't have the answers. It's not easy. Greg Larry, a pastor of a large Christian church in California, points out in this wonderful book, Hope for the Hurting Hearts, after the death of his 32-year-old son, 
in a car accident. He says that life just doesn't make sense a lot of the time and that God's purposes are often a mystery to us. I take heart from that. Because we've experienced things in our life that we just don't understand. The scripture does, however, does give us some insight into perhaps some of the reasons why we do experience hardship. And I want to share briefly with you some of those reasons. I think firstly, when we're going through difficult seasons, perhaps God is bringing refinement into our lives. That was mentioned a bit earlier. I mean, do you think Joseph chose the path that God had for him? You know, do you think... uh, you know, Joseph wanted to be sold in, as a slave. Of course not. He would have chosen the uni path, I think. He would have graduated from school, got that grad, uh, gone to uni, got a graduate job, and then he would have hoped to have rise through the ranks in the public service, and then he may have had a shot at, at an election, and he, he might have won that election and, you know, become a minister or become a, a member of parliament and then rise to a, a position of ministry and then perhaps... Go for the top job, the prime minister of a nation. No. God had other ideas. Changed the very course of his life as a 17-year-old. His his path, God's path, led to a time of character building and ultimately opportunities opening up way beyond, I think, his wildest imagination to protect God's chosen nation from extinction through his wise leadership and to run the most powerful country in the earth for 70-odd years. You know, the first 22 chapters of Job are just quite simply depressing. They are. They're hard to read. It's just hard to read, hard to absorb, hard to believe. But in Job 23, a, a, a glimmer of truth comes forth. Job begins to see part of perhaps why he's experiencing what he's experiencing. And in Job 23 verse 10 it says, But he knows the way I take, and when he has tested me, I will come forth as God. Oh, wow. For me, you know, even though I said, as I said, I can't fully understand it or see it, hardship has refined me. Dare I say it, hardship, hardship has actually done me some good mm. in terms of my thinking processes and character development. I began to question everything like never before some years ago when I went through some significant hardship. What is happening, Lord? Why is this happening? What have I done wrong? Where are my real motives? What if I had chosen a different path? And I began an earnest study of scriptures looking for answers. You know, refining takes place like gold. and Like when you refine gold, you heat gold, all the impurities get melted, get to come to the surface and get scraped away and it constantly happens over and over again. And it, it's like a testing, isn't it? A testing of sorts occurs. Lessons are learned when we experience hardship and pain. Tom Padette says this, the difference between school and life, what is it? In school, you're taught a lesson and you're given a test. Don't I know it? And in life, you're given a test, then taught a lesson. Mm. Secondly, hardship enables us to comfort others. Paul, the patriarch of hardship, I think, says this in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4. He says, God who comforts us in all our troubles 
so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from the Lord. John Piper was, uh, is the author of four books, and one being the bestseller, 90 Minutes in Heaven. You may have read that book. He was leaving a, a conference one day, a Christian man, and he, it was a wet day, and a semi-trailer basically rolled over the top of him, driven by a prison inmate of all people. He died, died instantly, horrific injuries, and he came back to life 90 minutes later after he was prayed for by a friend who was caught up in the traffic holdup, who walked to, to the ambulance officers and said, is there anything I can do? And he said, the guy in there is dead, but you know, if you want to pray, go for it. You know? Don't let me stop you. The next two years, he embraced pain like never before, and you can read about it in his book. He lost some of his femur. He was, had two broken arms, leg. He had internal damages. Thankfully, no brain damage. Amazingly, miraculously, no brain damage, considering he had no oxygen for 90 minutes to his brain. But he had 34 surgeries in that two years. And even today, some 23 years later, he still limps, he still has problems, he still has pain. In fact, he lives with pain. But remarkably, Don Piper now travels the world speaking about his experience. And so many, I'm talking thousands upon thousands upon thousands, are encouraged and blessed by his honesty as he shares about his suffering, about what God did for him, about how God took him through a period, how God was using him way beyond what he, he, he could comprehend. His suffering led him down a different path. He calls it his new normal. And he's being used by God all over the world to talk to people who've suffered incredible tragedy, whose family members have severe disabilities. How can he do this effectively? Because he's been down that path. He's, he says in his second book, heaven is real, he, and he's able to connect with people, uh, with people suffering because he understands pain. He understands pain. Well, how can we truly understand when, what someone's going through unless we've been through some hardship, unless we've endured, unless we have a sense? I have a different mindset now. I think when I experience hardship, it has made me a more sensitive person to people's needs. I try to listen better. I'm trying to be more empathetic. You know, through hardship, God is giving us empathy, compassion to bring comfort and help to those who are struggling. I think hardship, thirdly, takes us to God. In Job 1 verse 20, very quickly, the Bible says that once he'd experienced all these traumas, it says he tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground in worship. He turned to God. And I can tell you, say without a shadow of doubt that hardship turned me to my, to my knees. I was on the floor many times. God, I need you. God, what is going on? I'm more honest with God now than I've ever been. I just tell him exactly how I'm feeling. God knows. God understands. He hears my cries. You know, it's amazing. The only time my family ever prayed together 
was on that fateful Christmas Christmas morning in 1974. Because if you've been through an eye of a, if you've been through a cyclone, you will know that there is an eye. And when the eye comes through, it is an eerie stillness. It's, it's a still moment. It's like, you know, everything's breaking around you and all of a sudden, just, just total dead stillness. And my family, <clears throat> excuse me, my family, my mum said, I think we should pray. And we all got on our knees. She lit a couple of candles around the Christmas tree. And she later told me, she said, I really thought we were going to die. Because when the eye, and look, I don't know if this is true or not, I haven't checked the scientific reason, but when the eye passes, the, the velocity of the winds on the other side are far more extreme because you're getting the full brunt of the cyclone as opposed to when they first come because it builds. How true that was. But in that moment, we all got on our knees. We held hands and we prayed. I'll never forget that. Hardship brings us to our knees. We turn again to the Lord. Sometimes we drift and we take it easy and our prayer life isn't as strong as it could be and sometimes hardship takes us there. We were praying and then BANG! The whole of the walls just collapsed and we just, the wind blew in my brother, such a wise man, he said, Duck! It had already happened, Jack Wayne. <coughs> so we all ducked on the glass and it was, it was horrendous from that moment, but I'm not going to share any more. Time is escaping. <coughs> Excuse me. My heart is like a broken cup. I only feel right on my knees. These are lyrics from the hit song, in 1978, from the who, who are you? Hardship finally influences our perspective on life. You know, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, for our light and momentary troubles, <laughs> oh, Paul, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. He says, so fix our eyes on, so we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but what is on the unseen, since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. You've got to admire Paul, a man who experienced hardship and suffering in the absolute extreme. He says, light and momentary troubles. <laughs> Paul, I don't know. No matter how much we want to go back, no matter how much we want to go back in time and go, oh, I wish I'd done that or I wish something had happened. I mean, we cannot go back. We need to be looking ahead. And even if things go south, What is unseen is eternal. Jesus was talking to the disciples and he said, look, it's going to be hard from time to time. You can leave if you like. And I just love the response of the disciples. You have the words of eternal life. Where will you go? There is a hope beyond this life because heaven is real. Jesus is preparing a place for me. And I guess through hardship, I've developed a bit more of an eternal perspective. You think about heaven more. You think about influence. You think about your mortality. You think, well, what is really important in life? And, but I, I want to say, 
as I come to a conclusion that I haven't always handled hardship and suffering well. I haven't been the best sufferer, if you like. There were times when I felt intensely down and sad. Sad. Sorry, down and sad. Hold on. Sad and downcast. <laughs> Mixing my words up. You know, Job was in a deep, dark place. He was a man who had lost hope. He said, my spirit is broken. My days are cut short. Uh, in 17 verse 1. And then the grave awaits me. Oh, I love that. In verse 11, my days are past. My plans are shattered. In verse 15, where is my hope? He was a man who had lost hope. Job's wife wasn't in a good place either. You know what she said? Why did you just curse God and die? There are times when we lose our ability to believe that anything good can come out of this and we lose our hope. We give up. We let go. Nobody here has been like that. You know, you may have even gone to the, the very bottom, to the depths of the darkest pit. But can I say, even there, Jesus will be with you. Even there, there is hope. Even there, he is not giving up on you. I think of the parables, the parables of the lost son, the lost coin, the lost. He pursued them. They were in the house. They had left and they were pursued. I haven't got time to talk about Charles Darwin, a man who was a, a godly man but turned his back on God through hardship. Not everyone, when they experience hardship, maintains their faith, stays close to God. He lost his daughter when she was 10, when he was 10, sorry, when she was 10. And that event really catapulted him into a, an atheistic viewpoint which has influenced many in the wrong direction. Just as I conclude, I, I just want to say this. Your pain, your suffering, it must have meaning. It must have meaning. You know, you may not see it at the moment. You may be in the midst of an enormous struggle. But I want to encourage you with a few final thoughts. I, I want to say this. Cry out to him. Ask for understanding. Seek out scriptures on the subject. What you'll find is many examples of godly men and women who've, who've experienced moments of hardship, seasons of hardship. And how they came through it. I think of Jesus himself, a man who's familiar with hardship and suffering. Towards the end of his life especially, experienced incredible hardship, deep despair. The Bible says that he was in deep anguish and, and despair before he faced the cross. And of course, we know so much about his life that he experienced pain and torture and abuse. You know, John Finkelly said something when he was here that really resonated with me. He says, you know, when he's going through hardship, he meditates on the love of God. God loves me. I am deeply loved. And I want to encourage you with that too. Read about other Christians who've suffered pain. Some like Don Piper and so many others give great understanding around the subject. Don't, be, don't isolate yourself. Talk to people, your friends and family. And let them know that you're struggling. That you need prayer and help. I know it means so much to me when, you know, I might be going through a minor difficulty and somebody says, I'm praying for you, Darren. 
preparation for this message, I recently read Eva Piper's book, his wife's account about her experience dealing with hardship and pain. It's called A Walk Through the Darkness. And in it, she shares from a caregiver's perspective and she about helping others and directly supporting others who are experiencing great pain. And she says the best thing you can do is just to be there for them. Is to listen to them. And to not necessarily give advice. You know, hardship and suffering happen because it builds character in our lives as much as we hate it. Hardship happens because it helps us identify with others who are in pain. It happens so that we can turn to Him again in prayer, call on His name. Hardship helps us to change our perspective, to become more eternal, have a more eternal perspective, I think. Realize that we're passing through. It helps us to change our perspective. John Bunyan said this as I close. It is said that in some countries trees will grow but bear no fruit because there is no winter there. Now can I say we need the winters in our life to bear fruit? As hard as it is. You may be in the middle of a winter experience right now. Know this, that God, if you listen carefully, God cares for you. God is with you. God is good. God is in control. And that God can turn things around for good, just as he did for Joseph. Just as he did for Joshua and Caleb. Just as he did for David just as he did for Job, just as he did for Don Piper. And I want to say this, and for you. Let's pray. Father, I, I don't... It's a, it's a significant topic, Lord. But today, I, I really felt in my heart, and as many prayed too, Lord, that there are some here in this church who are experiencing great hardship and suffering, not just not just going through a season, but perhaps it's it's part of their life now. It's hard to reconcile. It's hard to to understand. We just pray today that you would encourage them, that you would comfort them, that you would give them pray for us as a church that we would not forget those who are suffering. And I believe we are a church that gathers around those who suffer. Not just in the moment, but those who are suffering for a long time. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a moment, I, I want to do something this morning. I want to ask you to think about standing up if you are going through hardship right now. Just in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand where you are. 
you don't have to say what it is. And then I'm going to ask people to just, just to pray, pray with you, just to encourage you, just to be with you, just to pray a blessing over you. If we could do that now, let's just write, open our eyes for a moment. Just those who are just experiencing hardship and pain right now, whatever that hardship is, just stand wherever you are. ask you to 